For more than a decade, FTI has strived to become the leader in the aftermarket, performance, transmission, and converter industry. We've joined forces with McLeod Driveline Components under the leadership of Top Fuel Funny Car Pilot Paul Lee and now have a larger distribution network, more resources, and more power. Come see us in the pits and ask how you can join the FTI family. It's not cheating. It is the competitive edge. It's time for an inside look at the most powerful motorsport on the planet. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro. This is WFO Radio. WFO Radio is back following the Pep Boys NHRA Nationals out there at Maple Grove, the house of chaos. What a race it was. What a race it was. It was amazing. Race one of the NHRA countdown and sold out crowd yet again up there at Maple Grove. They have done such a great job. Hats off to the Koretsky family. They worked so hard, whether it be like scanning people on the way in or taking out trash or mowing the lawn or Captain Koretsky going out there and getting a big Bertha, the dryer out of the warehouse. Just amazing things uh, accomplished over the course of the weekend. On this show, we'll be speaking with our naturally aspirated winners. We're going to have Matt Smith and Matt Hartford. Hopefully Hartford will be able to join us later on in the show. We'll also have the voice of the National Hot Rod Association, Alan Reinhardt, going to join us and debrief. And we will talk about the runs that matter. Obviously, Doug Coletta and Robert Height will be joining us tomorrow. So if you are new to WFO Radio, you've never seen or heard of this show ever before in your life, it makes perfect sense, of course. After 10 years of us interviewing the winners after every consequential race, we ask you to share the show, uh, subscribe to the show, whatever feed it is that you capture the show on, podcast catchers, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, wherever, Amazon, wherever you get your podcast. Definitely uh, click subscribe and never miss a show. Follow, enable notifications. The WFO app is a great way to do it. Those of you who enjoy the video version of the show, there's a ton of places to get that too, including the WFO mobile app. And just subscribe to our channels throughout the entire countdown because we're going to have it all, baby. We're going to have it all, especially ones like this where there are you know hard-fought emotional victories Throughout the Doug Coletta 50th win. My goodness. Wow. Um, they hire Alan Johnson, Brian Houston. They assemble a team, a new team, young guys. They're fighting their way through it. Obviously, uh, last year was a rebuilding the year. And then this year they've been fighting and clawing and they go out and they win the first race. Okay. Wow. Doug trying to get that first championship gets his 50th win and does it because of hard work and determination. They destroy the primary car. The canopy car gets destroyed. If you saw that on NHRA on Fox, it was uh, pretty hairy, pretty nasty. Could have been a lot worse. They go to work. They get the backup car out. The backup car is just awesome. And they throw it down and they win the race. Steve Torrance runners up. So the points battle is totally wide open. And we'll just have to wait and see where it all plays out. Good news is we don't have to wait very long. The Betway Carolina Nationals are coming up this weekend. And we're practically getting ready for travel right now. I've got laundry flipping around in there in the dryer as we speak. But before we go any further, let me tell you about the people who make it possible for good old WFO Joe to chase around drag racers and find out the inside story. 
The folks at Foggit, for instance, F-O-G-G-I-T. This is great for bracket racers, sportsman racers, any kind of racer who's got an engine, they want to protect the inside. Go to F-O-G-G-I-T.com, Foggit. We would love for you to be a part of their contingency program on the divisional level. You're seeing the decals everywhere. They're popping up everywhere. But it's not about them. It's about you. Every time you shut off your engine at the end of the night and put it away in your trailer, you're enabling condensation and microscopic corrosion to your cylinder finish. We know now how hard it is to accomplish that, to get that perfect ring seal. So why would you want to allow anything to damage it? For many years, racers of all kinds have been using various products to accomplish this goal. But now there is a product specifically designed for this. Gary Stinnett has done a great job on the innovative uh, side of things. And Steve Williams has done a great job on the promotional side of things. They've joined forces, of course, with chocolate and peanut butter to get together and uh, put Foggit out. So go to the website, check it out, and get involved with the folks at Foggit to protect your program. Speaking of that, ounce of prevention, phillips-connect.com for you in the transportation industry. Smart trailer technology, it's as simple as that. Knowing what is about to happen as opposed to knowing what just happened. And there is a huge difference between the two, especially when it comes to saving money, time, and resources. So it is very worthwhile to outfit your fleet with Philips Connect Smart Trailer Technology. If you would like a personalized introduction, I can make that for you. Joe at WFORadio.com is my email address. But the bottom line is go to the website, check out the Smart Trailer Technology and all that they offer to keep your fleet of trucks and trailers on the road and making you money at all times. You already heard a little bit about FTI performance transmissions and torque converters. When it comes to big money bracket racing, dot .90 racing, anything that has to do with consistency, they do a great job. But also, big power where consistency is also needed, like Top Sportsman, Top Dragster, and Pro Modified. FTI is sitting between the third member and the engine on many of those race cars. So go to FTIPerformance.com, a Paul Lee company, and we'll be telling you about Paul Lee in just a little bit. Got a new scheme he'll be running this weekend. Folks at Bernie's Speed Shop, Bernie's. I spoke with Josh Hart last week, and Josh was telling me how they have an unbelievable success rate. They have an unbelievable success rate. There it is, Bernie's. Bernie's.com, check out their social media when selling vehicles on consignment. And they are actually looking for inventory right now. So if you're out there with a classic car that is no longer, you know, in favor, reach out to the folks at Bernie's and they will sell it on consignment for you. Maybe you're looking to do a frame off restoration. Maybe you're looking to make something as nice as is possible, but not just classics. They call themselves American classic horsepower, but they've got exotics. They've got all kinds of stuff. They even sell e-bikes from their amazing 100,000 square foot showroom in Ocala, Florida. Go check them out. That's bernies.com. Total seal piston rings. I hope we're able to get Hartford on the show a little bit later on because what an amazing story of grit and determination. Starting out from the emergency appendectomy that occurred just days after, just minutes after our interview that we did last week. Go back and watch that interview. Not just because I would love the numbers, but because you can see that Hartford wasn't right. It was not his normal self. He was kind of like folded over a little bit. You could tell he was in agonizing pain, but only after we learned what, what had happened. And not long after the interview, he's off to the emergency room. He ended up in surgery. Then they get back to the racetrack and were faced with maybe their most challenging weekend of racing ever. They had to go off property to test. Uh, amazing stuff. 
that's the kind of effort that they put into total seal piston rings that they're making for everybody out there. That's the grit and determination that they put into it. We had a couple of trackside tech talks out there at Maple Grove, and we will have a trackside tech talk again in Charlotte. So if you're a Lucas Oil Series racer, and I know they, they come straggling in after they've made their time runs, try to make plans to be at Hartford's Pit at ZMAX Dragway because they've got information that you want. Totalseal.com. Very, very cool. Later on in the show, I'll tell you about Frank Hawley's drag racing school. Later on in the show, I'll tell you about samtech.edu. And of course, Marvin Rodak, rodakscoffeeandgrills.com. And I'll definitely give away some tickets to the Stampede of Speed, baby. The Stampede of Speed coming up. But right now, let's go out to Tucson, Arizona. The voice of the NHRA, Alan Reinhardt, loves flying back and forth. Uh, <laughs> You know, early in the year, you were camped out. You are staying around 30 days, 50 days out on the road. This one, you have like 24 hours at home, and you're taking Yes, but um, I was supposed to have been home for a week previous to this before I got invited to go to the Summer Fling in Columbus. So that's what made this a standalone trip, because when I leave for Charlotte, I'm going straight from Charlotte to St. Louis, and I'm going to be gone for about three weeks. And if you recall, up before last week, I left to go to Topeka and didn't come home until after Indy. So there's that. Sounds like you're complaining to me, Alan. Like, you know, like, I don't know. No, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> stating the facts. You say, you know, oh, look at this guy. All of a sudden, he's like, got to be home every week. No, that's you, yeah. Joe. That's you that has to be home every week. You don't have cats, man. You've got all these cats now. There's cats everywhere. Everywhere I look. Cats. I got to take care of them. I got to feed them. They got all kinds of stuff, issues. Cats. So you, you have turned into the male version of the crazy cat lady. Is that it? Cat Dad. I even got a friendship bracelet that said it from one of our listeners, Meg. It says Cat Dad. And uh, they, they tell me that the best way to handle it is to just own it. And so that's what I'm doing. Cats everywhere, Cat Dad. They were so happy to see me, Alan. They were very excited. One of them went right inside and peed. It's great. <laughs> well, wonderful, Joe. I'm happy for you. I'm glad yes. it works out. Uh, I, I had to come home because my cars and motorcycles miss me. My motorcycles are getting pretty annoyed with me right now. But... Uh, yeah, well, you know. Did I, any of them pee? Because uh, that seems no. to be what they do. Okay. And they <laughs> actually, the, actually, the black one um, has been known to leave a spot on the floor every now and again. So I guess maybe it does. There you go. There you go. Uh, cool news. Just want to show the picture. Paul Lee going to be rocking this machine this weekend. I think that is a great looking race car. Folks at TMS Titanium on board with Paul this weekend. So I'm super excited that Paul is back. I talked to Paul and he said that, you know, uh, without the opportunity to make it into the top 10, uh, they're going to pick their races uh, very selectively here at, down the stretch, and they feel like they're putting things in position for next year. Now, I know we've heard that before, but this time I'm feeling really good because they got John Medlin on. Well, you know, I think you've got you've to look at what's your ultimate goal, and then what do we do in the short term to make that long-term goal make more sense and if it makes more sense to go out run the car a time or a couple of times and then realize okay maybe we need to go home and we need to make some changes in this area we need to focus on that and that means taking a race off and that means taking a race off but you said you know if you're not in the countdown then you're not in the countdown but uh, uh i think the the you know titanium metal service company is a pretty interesting story the way the whole thing came together and the way it was founded and they're a great source if you are in a business that uses titanium i don't a lot but uh you know if it's nice to know that, hmm, where could I source something like this uh, that they're the guys you can call and they, they 
you know, take real good care of not just the racing industry. They also do a lot of stuff in the medical industry. They do stuff in aerospace. So uh, it's a great company to be involved with and cool to have their their name on the side of Paul Lee's car. I mean, I know you like I do. Every time you go to PRI, right, you stop by and go, oh, let's see what the TMS souvenir is this year. Well, what, you know, whether it's a bottle opener, a keychain, or whatever, but they're always pretty cool and they're made out of titanium. So you got to grab one. Absolutely. I don't know that we'll be using very much titanium in the Project Pontiac, but uh, you know, to cut it down from 3,200 pounds to 3,180 pounds doesn't seem uh, <laughs> like a good deal. But when you're on a pro stock car, when you're on a nitro funny car, every ounce of titanium makes a huge difference and has been for many years. Cool. Good job for Paul. Uh, all right. So let's get into this race, right? Sold out crowd, house of chaos. Great job by the fam once again. And Kid Chaos is able to go to the final round once again. Final rounds will run on Monday. Mon Nature made us wait a little bit. I'm not going to shake my fist at her, though, because there's uh, always a plan. And we, yeah, Alan Reinhardt is. We were seeing such great racing on Sunday. Oh, my gosh. That Robert Hype, Matt Hagen run is like one of the best single runs I think I've ever seen. We can go class by class, but just give me a full, like a summary of the event in general. Two in a row for the House of Chaos, two sold out crowds year after year. Well, the event is what you expect it to be at that facility when we have good weather. You know, the racetrack, the facility itself has always been top notch. When we have good weather, they put on a whale of a show. Lane choice doesn't mean a lick. So you can't use that as an excuse. And it was like that up until Sunday afternoon when it started sprinkling. And, you know, we go timeout, we come back, we try again. But the race fans there are hardcore. The race fans there are also very appreciative of the fact that they still have a racetrack because they understand had the Koretskis not bought the property, there was a real possibility that whoever the new owners would be, racing wasn't what they were buying the property for. So the fans are appreciative. They're going to come out and support. They've always been hardcore, really knowledgeable fans up in that part of the world anyway. And it just all comes together, right? Give us good weather and we'll take it from there. So that's what happened. The performances were incredible. Uh, we set a lot of new, not all, but a lot of new track records along the way. And you got what you expect to get when you go to Maple Grove and the weather cooperates. You got good side-by-side -side racing. You got some wild upsets. You got some, you know, a couple of, you know, what's that guy doing in the semifinals moments? And it just turned out to be, I, I thought, an incredibly entertaining show. And as always happens, and I've said this, every time we run into this, the thing that I hate about it, ending on Monday, is so many of the stories, especially, you know, the sportsman racers and that kind of stuff that don't get to run in front of the big crowd and don't get to do this stuff. I hate when it ends up that way, but there's not a whole lot we can do about it other than shake our fists in the heavens. Yeah, I guess we'll shake our fists in the heavens on that one. Um, because, you know, watching, I was watching a lot on the, uh, the plane. I landed at like 11.01, went back and watched NHRA.tv. Uh, Looked like some people showed up. What was uh, yeah. I hate to ask, but I got to ask, right? What was the miscommunication that you were talking about? All I know is I got 500 text messages from a bunch <laughs> of angry people on Sunday night. And I, and I was like, I don't understand what you're even talking about. So I feel like, um, I don't know. It turned out that I was right that there was nothing. But what, what were you announcing? Well, it was. It turned out to be nothing. But And I apologize for the background. It was a trash man. How long has it been since the trash man made an appearance on our show? A long time. It's great. Usually <laughs> take a so, shot. Yes, it's, you know, live, folks. Um, what I don't know where the miscommunication came from. I honestly don't know. But apparently somebody at the track um, said, oh, we're going to be open on Monday. We need to set a ticket price. And they set a ticket price for Monday. And so people showing up on Monday were told you have to pay to get in. 
and that created a little animosity. And, I, and again, I don't know where the miscommunication was. I know somewhere before we started running cars, they came to me and said, look, you need to make this announcement for us. If you paid by credit card, you don't have to do anything. Your credit card is going to be credited. If you paid cash, come back to the ticket window and get your cash back. And and again, I'm not pointing fingers. I have no idea what where the communication breakdown was. But apparently somebody at the racetrack uh, was unaware or unfamiliar with on something that, you know, our Monday rainout policy typically is certainly a Sunday ticket holder doesn't have to pay to get back in. You already paid to see the race. And so anyway, so somewhere there was a breakdown in communication, but all of the fans that did pay got refunded. And I hate if it kept some of them away because they thought they were going to have to pay to get in. But, uh, you know, lesson learned. And, and it's, uh, like I said, they, they made it right in the end. That's the bottom line. They made it right in the end. There was no charge for parking on Sunday. There was no charge to get in on Monday. There was no charge to get in on Monday. So, um, you know, a, a miscommunication occurred, but it, they made it right in the end. And I think that's, you know, I think that's just a Koretsky way of doing business. Once you go, wait a minute, what? No, we got to fix this. And not even like, well, you know, from here forward, we'll make, we'll do it. But it's like, no, we got to fix this. We got to go back and fix this. And that's exactly what they did. Which is great. And some might be wondering, like, why am I even acknowledging the existence of said mistake? It's the answer is that I got a whole bunch of personalized messages and text messages. And without, as this is, you know, one of the NHRA news sources, whether we're news or entertainment or otherwise, people need to know that, uh, you know, they got it right in the end, one way or another, because those things find a way of perpetuating themselves and, in a year or two, people will be like, remember when they, and they didn't. As far as, you know, people were telling me that it was NHRA who was doing it uh, through the text message. Uh, thank you, Alan, for, for straightening it out because uh, that didn't sound like anything that I had ever heard of, but not being right. on the property, I couldn't fully understand or really give uh, a direct uh, opinion. So I'm glad we can move forward. All right, let's talk a little bit about Doug Coletta. I see Matt Smith is down there. Matt, we got you in the right place. We get to you in a couple seconds. But uh, let's talk about Doug Coletta because 50, it's 50 wins, major milestone. Joining us tomorrow at noon. It's going to be great. But that incident that they had on the track that took out the canopy car, you know, who knows what's good or bad. I say it all the time, right? Like that could be the key to success for reasons that I don't know. Is it that the canopy car just doesn't run as good as the other car? Does it no reason at all? Just the cosmos, luck, who knows? But they ended up winning the race. Yeah, their their backup car certainly was a good horse when they brought it out of the trailer, right out of you know. And you don't get to make a practice run, you don't get to make a test run in a situation like that. You roll the thing to starting line round number one, and you're racing for real. And the car performed. He ended up running low ET of the meet. He ended up running top speed of the meet before it was all over with. Ran a career best speed for Doug, which would say something. But how crazy is it? St. Louis, let's get in the time machine, okay? St. Louis, 2020, three years ago. Hey, Doug Coletta, congratulations, 49. If I just said, okay, Joe, here's the deal. It's going to be three years before he gets number 50. Would you have taken that bet? Well, no. I mean, I wouldn't have. But they did bring on Alan Johnson for a reason. So that reason was that after that, they didn't run up to their deal. And Alan has changed pretty much everything upside down in that program. But no, it's a lot of races for Doug Coletta to go without winning a race. Yeah, and normally, you know, I believe Alan Johnson's average is five races. From the time he is hired to come in and take over a program or start a program from scratch like he did with the Alanabi team, five races is his average to get in the winner's circle. You know, when, and okay, it was 
new driver, same team, but when Team Winston started with Gary Selzy, they won the first race. Uh, when he was hired by Don Schumacher to go run the Army car, for the, they won their first race. Um, you know, when he was hired by Mike Salinas, they won in Vegas, right? So that's the fourth race. They, but his, when he started the Alanabi thing, they won, the, I believe, the third race. But his mode of operations when he comes in is this is the way we're doing business now, and they win starting almost immediately. So it really is kind of a surprise for me that it took them this long to get it done. But I also think now they're, you know, they have five races left. They're a round and a half out of the lead. Allen knows how to win championships. Doug certainly knows how to drive. And all of a sudden, the car seems to be cooperating. At least it did this weekend. So, you know, let's see what happens when we get to Charlotte this week. And then when we get to St. Louis, you know, I, I went by and talked to David Grudnick early in the week. And I said, hey, man, I said, your car's running good. He said, don't talk to me until after St. Louis. And I said, man, I'm just saying, you know, running good and qualifying. I believe they picked up points three of the four runs. I said, I'm not, you know, I'm not crowning you champion. I'm just saying, you told me last week, we're going back to what we know. We're, and I said, looks like you're off. He said, talk to me after St. Louis, because nothing matters until then. We've got to get going. We've got to get some momentum. And so I think Alan Johnson would probably feel the same way. Are you happy with it? Yes, but talk to me after St. Louis, and let's see if we can, if we can keep this momentum going for the next couple of weeks. Well, that's what's great about having three races in a row at the start of the countdown. And we're going to be in Charlotte, and, and the track conditions were great out there, and the weather was really good. And we had some nice uh, skies and a great DA, and, and, you know, they were in the 60s every run down the racetrack uh, to get the win. Also wanted to uh, shout out to Tony Schumacher and Mike Neff. They, they came around as well. Schumacher getting that whole shot victory over Justin in round two, and it's going to be very interesting. Steve Torrance beats Antron Brown. Leah beats Brittany. So this thing is wide open. It's WFO as far as title hopes. And maybe it's Doug or maybe it's Steve or maybe it's Justin or maybe it's Leah. Like they ran in the 60s when they lost. Like we just don't know. And that's why the countdown is great and um, good stuff. But hey, let's bring on Matt Smith while he's there. Because, you know, I'm sure he's rather he's got the dyno on and he's ready to go and make moves. But let's bring on our Pro Stock Motorcycle winner who just, you know, a week ago said that he was going to make some moves, and he made some moves, and now here we go. What's up, Matt? Congratulations. Thank you. How you doing, Joe? I'm and great. Alan? I'm great. Great. Doing great. Do I need to sure. turn this thing? Is that, that be better? Yeah, there we nah, go. that's perfect. That yeah, looks okay. good. Now, but see, but now, like, see, when we do it like this, uh, either way, either way, no, it doesn't. It doesn't All right. Doesn't, I'll leave it like that. It doesn't Joe, Joe's just trying to be creative. I am. This is art is what we're doing here. All right, Matt, you said it. You said it in the media center after the U.S. Nationals that you felt like you were in the mix and that you were going after number seven. And if you could get the bike to 60 foot, you were bringing out a blocker. And in the end, you're running the blocker in the final round. So that worked out uh, pretty much as you suggested it would. Yeah, plan A went to, to plan like it's supposed to. You know, we, we drew it up like that. And, uh, you know, the only thing different that we were going to do different if we were 16 bikes, we were going to try to have Chip qualify number 16 and 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 hit gauge first round uh that's that's the only way our class has a shot i think of winning this championship anybody else besides gauge gauge has got the dominant bike we all know that the whole class knows that the whole world knows that so we've got to get them out early to for anybody else to have a chance just not me but anybody that's contending for this thing so um we'll put plan b into effect probably st louis and uh we'll see how this first plan goes at these first two races 
Matt, let me ask you this. I know you can't count on Gage making a mistake and having a problem. I'm sorry. I thought I muted that. You can't count on Gage making a mistake or having a problem every race. But put that aside. How impressive was Gianna's performance this week? We've been talking for the last six months about how she's been making solid progress. She's getting smoother. Her confidence looked. But how impressive was the performance that she put forward this week? How did you feel about that, watching it from the inside, so to speak? I mean, this girl has done amazing things this year. I mean, I, I think everybody knows that, you know, she's the most improved player, most improved rider of the year, in my opinion, hands down. Um, she's come a long way just this year. Made good strides last year, but a lot of big strides this year. So for her to be able to run in the 70s at over 200, she finally got that 200-mile mark out of her system. So now our team has put six different people in this in the over 200 mile an hour, which I think is really impressive. And that shows that we we give power to everybody that comes on our team and works with us. And uh, like I said, just totally proud of what she's done. And and, uh, you know, hats off to her. She's doing a great job. Excellent. Excellent. So uh, let's talk about the final round, though. I've had a couple people ask me this and I just want to. I am okay with it. Like the way I look at it is that you did not try to insult my intelligence as a viewer. You did not try to pull something that was like, and then, you know, and then lie about it afterwards. Like, yeah, the uh, flux capacitor broke and it's really weird how that thing tends to go, right? And you guys were clear about it. We brought this bike out here as a blocker and it made it to the final round and um, if the blocker is not going to beat me, because that's the whole point of having a blocker. And in Formula One, they went through this whole episode and they realized there's no way to police it. You can't do it. So they finally made it legal. And it's now legal and drivers move and that's it. I know that drag racing fans don't necessarily love it, but I don't see how you could police it in a way that is easily affirmed because of the tune or this or that, or it, it smoked the tire or it broke a, so I don't know. I just wanted to hear your thoughts on going through that process and doing it the way you did it, which was like incredibly obvious. It seemed like for a reason. Well, the simple fact is uh, I, I told everybody at Indy what we were doing. Uh, I'm not hiding anything. We said we was bringing Chip out to be a blocker uh, for these first two races. Um, he, he can't go to St. Louis because he's got other obligations in the boating world with his daughter. But plain and simple, we did that for a reason. There's no way that anybody is going to catch Gage with what he's doing. So in my opinion, we have to, I have, I have resources here. I have four more V-twins sitting over here, sitting at the side that can go fast. And I got plenty of motors. So Chip's not paying to ride. I'm, I'm actually paying Chip to come ride that motorcycle. Um, I work with Chip one-on-one with R&D stuff on the Suzuki, the V-Twin stuff. He lives 20 miles from me. We work together with a lot of stuff. And frankly, I'm doing it for a favor for him to be able to come and ride because he doesn't have a riding job. So who wouldn't want to come and ride a fast motorcycle for free? The only object is if you run me, you run Angie, or you run Gianna right now in this countdown, you're not going to win. If he runs anybody else, he can win. If we go out and he's in the finals against Gage, Hats off. Go beat him. You know, take that win. Take that Wally. And that's what we're doing. It's no different than anybody else has ever done. Vanson Hines has done it in the past. I mean, they brought Chip in for a blocker. They brought Angel in for a blocker. It doesn't matter. 
game on. Nobody's done it this early in the in the countdown, and we did it the first race instead of waiting to the next to last race to do it. If uh, if Chip if Chip can't make it to St. Louis, um, do you want me to ride the bike for you? I'd like to get in the two hundred mile an hour club. Can you do it without falling off the bike, Alan? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> I can. Um, how uh, how close to minimum weight is it? Because Chip weighs what, like thirty eight pounds, right? Yeah, we have about twenty one pounds on the bike for Chip. Okay, um, you're gonna have to remove about another eighty seven for me. <laughs> have you got have you got that much ballast on there? So I'd have to take the motor out for you to, to do it. <laughs> I, somehow I can't see that working very well. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, it was worth the thought. I love the idea that, uh, and, and out there um, to try to qualify 16th as well, like the gamesmanship right from the beginning. And I know some people aren't going to like it, but isn't that really a compliment to what's happening with Gage and Vance and Hines that you're making this effort? Yeah. I mean, you know, they that that one bike that one bike they have is just stupid fast and you know it was fast last year when angel was on it when she made a straight run and didn't have to correct the bike or anything like she was number one she was 300 400 faster than anybody else gage has just made that bike do it every time and you know frankly everybody in the class is tired of gage winning except for andrew and i know eddie's probably tired of it he'd rather win i'm sure of it you know so the only one that's happy that Gage is winning is the teammates or the team and, and Gage and Andrew. Eddie's probably hating life, whether he wants to admit or not, he wants to win a race because he hasn't won on a Suzuki. So I can tell you that he would love for, for him to be in that winner circle over Gage if it's a Vance Hines bike. But we're doing everything we can to put somebody else in the winner circle uh, besides Gage and to make this race for the championship, you know, a real race. And that's what this countdown has done it's made it a race now because he's lost all them points. Matt, let me ask you this. You've lived in this world. I did a little bit in the pro stock world a number of years ago and trying to explain it to a casual fan is pretty difficult for me. Maybe you can do it. One bike runs so much better than the other one that comes out of the same shop. And when I try to explain to people, you can't clone a race car. You're always going to have one that's a little bit better, but can you maybe put into um, casual conversation, why one bike would run so i mean you would think if vance and heinz has one bike that runs that fast they've certainly got the resource they've got the people that they should poof just make another one and if they need to poof make a third one but can you explain why that's so difficult to do it, it's hard i mean you, you know they have another suzuki bike there i mean you know angel was was on one so they have another bike there that they know but it's not like what gage has i have the same problem here we built a brand new bike here. That bike that Chip was on is fast. It's faster than Angie's bike. So what are we doing? We can't copy that. We've done everything. I have, I have six of those bikes in here and that bike is really fast right now. So guess what? Angie's gonna get on that bike and we're putting Chip on Angie's bike for this race and we're gonna try to work on this clutch. Now, before this race, we went and tested and Chip got on Angie's bike and we couldn't get her bike to do what chips bike does so we just went with it at reading to see if we could work on angie's bike but we couldn't get her bike to do what chips does it'll run great from second gear to the finish line but it will not 60 foot in transition to the 330 like chips bike will so that's why we're making a swap and chip's going to ride the pink bike at charlotte 
and we're going to try a bunch of different stuff. Something every qualifying pass different uh, to try to get that bike to work so Angie can get back on that bike. Very interesting. And there will be three qualifying sessions out there in Charlotte, and I guess St. Louis as well. That was kind of uh, surprising to me when I looked it up and found out that it's going to be a kind of a different uh, format. How does that factor in for you, Matt? Yeah, it's the same thing. I mean, you just first pass, you just got to go make your, a good run and get down the track, get some data, and, and have something to tune off of. You know, uh, I, I see there's a chance of rain this weekend, so it's going to be very critical to go down the, go down the racetrack and, and do that. There's always a chance of rain. When have we ever gone to Reading and it didn't rain? Even though the forecast said there was 0% chance for three days, then Saturday night it was like, oh, no, it's going to rain? So all in all, there's always a chance of rain. I mean, you know, but we got to do as a racer, you got to get in the show first thing. Then you can experiment with stuff. Just because I think it's funny, they were decided on Monday to finish up, and, you know, Matt, you were there. They wanted to do an invocation national anthem because we're starting a new day and we're going into competition. And it's like, well, who's going to be here can do that? And I said, well, I can do the invocation. Really? And I said, yeah. I was like, dear God, what was all that about yesterday? And they went, uh, no, let's see if, uh, let's see if Boyer's still. So they kind of threw me out of that. But I just, hey, I figure if the preacher's going to stand on the starting line and say, thank you, God, for this beautiful day, then he should stand out there when it's raining and go, yo, help us out here. <laughs> yeah, or at least just wipe us out as opposed to teasing us with that on-again, off-again drizzle. Like, here we go. No, we're not. If, if you hear a report of a lightning bolt striking a fab shop in Tucson, Arizona, you'll know what that was all about. <laughs> yep. Excellent. All right, Matt, we appreciate you coming on, obviously. Uh, you set it in the media center. You're going full-on, you know, Tricky Ricky's kid on this one, breaking out all the – the gamesmanship, but like Pro Stock Motorcycle is must watch. You've got a point lead of what is it? It's 17 points over Gage, 44 over Hector. Hector, who has been super fast as well, by the way. So there are some, there are bikes that are in the mix here. Gage has got the best bike, but there are other bikes that can get the job done in certain moments. And uh, seeing Gianna emerge as well has been, has been great because she put so much effort into it. So great job. Congratulations on your win. Well, and just to clear up one more point, we tried something on Chip's bike, and that's why we did what we did there in the finals, because I needed to see if it was going to run faster or slower for what the water was that day. And that thing ran stupid fast in the finals, in my opinion. Now, yeah. if everybody looks, we got our 60 foot back. We went 106 in the finals against yep. Chip on the Suzuki. So hats off. We think we found our problem that has plagued us for Indy and all of Reading until the final so i think that uh i think my suzuki will be back running you know really fast at, at charlotte so thank excellent so thank we'll you Enzo and lucas Oil and everybody that helps us thank y'all excellent there's a lot of people out there weighing in on it and i think everybody thinks it's pretty cool that you're making extra moves uh to try to score the victory so good luck and we'll see you this weekend thank you joe thank you alan thanks matt see you soon now alan what what about that though i had someone ask me about uh something this isn't it against the rules to uh lay down right but is it uh, and i don't think it should be because there's no way to prevent it there's no way like there are some things that shouldn't be against the law because there's no way to uh enforce it there's no way to enforce certain things and uh and this i think is one of them but what do you think well uh you know i don't think you can stop it from happening and 
I think that it's really easy, especially on a pro stock motorcycle, it's real easy to go to the starting line and just go, you know, oops, I was red, because how many natural red lights do we see in there anyway? It's real easy in either pro stock or pro stock motorcycle to go run out there into third or fourth gear and then just don't shift it, right? Everybody in the place will hear I go into the rev limiter, da -da 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 -da. oh, gee, transmission wouldn't shift. Um, everything about it is, you know, undetectable, so to speak. I really, you know, you know that it's going to happen. I really do applaud the teams that are up front about it. Go, hey, look, here's what we're doing. There's a reason for it, especially when you're in a situation like this, right? We brought out a rider that is not anywhere near the championship conversation because we need help. And so we put together an extra team. We put another bike on the track. And I, you know, is it my favorite thing in the world? No. But... Do I understand why it happens, and do I understand that it's been happening since the beginning of time? Yes. And would I rather have the teams be upfront about it and you know tell me what they're going to do instead of doing the old you know wink wink nudge nudge you know oh gee we gave it our best and it just smoked the tires out there we don't know right. why. Because that's an insult. That's an insult to the fans and the people that watch. It's insulting our intelligence. Like come on, don't. Uh, <laughs> like when Michael Corleone was talking to Carlo, like, don't tell me you're innocent. He's like, yeah, it was Bodzini. Right. Yeah. And then he's dead. But don't do that to us because that is what really infuriates the fan base because we know what you're doing. Nine out of 10 times when a team car loses to another car that goes on and wins the championship. We're not that dumb. Some of us are, and sometimes we are, but not all the time. And so for Matt to just do it in a way that was crystal clear. Yes, this is what this is the program that we're running. So be ready. And uh, who knows how it will manifest itself. Like, you know, maybe we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see it. Others start doing the same thing and it'll get crazy. But then that's where NHRA has to uh, do what they got to do, whatever it is. Well, and I also understand the gamesmanship aspect of it. You know, look at what. Elite Motorsports and KB Titan have done over the last couple of years, you know, whether it's shutting off and qualifying or whether, and, and you know, it's been part of it forever. Um, you know, where you run into an issue where it can't be done or certainly can't be done as easy is, let me tell you something. You go tell Matt Hartford, hey, you got to lay down for Greg Anderson. He ain't doing it. He's paying too much money to go out there and do that. He's doing it for his company. That's not the same thing. If Greg Anderson brings out a, another car, right, that just says KB Titan on the side of it and says, Joe Costello, you're driving this week, you're my blocker, then everybody understands what's happening there. Everybody understands what that's for. Simple as that. And again, there's no way to police it effectively and consistently across all categories. It's just going to cause more problems, I, I think, ultimately. But the day that four, you know, teammates do it in a row to there, then, then, you know, that will be a different thing. We'll have to address it at the uh, exact same moment. All right, let's talk funny car because we're going to have Hartford on here in a little bit. Uh, hopefully you can still continue to join us, Alan. But if you got sure. a room, let us know. But um, Jimmy Brock, Robert Height, the lasting moment. There's two moments that I'm really going to remember, a few moments that I'm going to remember. Like, obviously, Hartford's car on the back of a, a, a flatbed is one. And him laying on his back after winning is another, but Jimmy Proc, like you're shaking your fist at my nature, but he walked off the starting line like this after the one ten thousandth victory against Dickey and his guys in a defiant gesture against whatever. 
it was awesome to see. Jimmy is cool. Robert is cool. That was a great race. They go on and won. They won for Cornwell. And we knew this is what we were going to get in Funny Car, and we're getting it. And how awesome is that? Do you realize when that race, when that race took place, Matt Hagen had the better reaction time of the two and ran the second quickest ET of the entire event and lost. Yeah, yeah exactly. Thank you. You're going you're to leave first. You're going to run second low ET of the entire event. You okay with that? Yeah, let's go. Yeah, sorry about your bad luck. But those two teams, when you put them on an equal racetrack, and you give them good weather, that's what you expect to see. We saw great performances out of Bob Tasco. We saw great performances out of Guido. I mean, what we talked, right? The big four. And then there's everybody else. And there were a number of other cars that made good runs, that made solid runs, but the big four were pretty much the show. And then again, as we've talked about, right? Who's the one guy that's going to come in here and just spoil the whole deal? Chad Green. Chad Green. Yeah, so I, I do want to ends up in the final. I want to mention the fact that Jr. ended up in a round one matchup against Hagen, and it could easily have been Hagen who got eliminated, but it wasn't, right? But like we're going to see that I think over and over again. Some hitters are going to run each other in the first round, and it all depends on whether it goes back and forth, whether one can win those tight matchups over and over again. Robert just won one by. A tenth out. Like, that's insane yeah. funny car racing. It's happening in Top Fuel, too. And I put out a tweet mid-race. Like, if you don't know about NHRA drag racing and follow it the way, you know, Alan does and the way I do and, you know, know the personalities, like, you're really missing out. You're really missing out on maybe the, the coolest form of motorsport on earth because of this. The fact that these personalities are so good and so close and everybody's at the top of their game right now. It's not like, well, we're trying to figure it out. No, they all feel like they can throw down. It's a home run derby, and they're all hitting a bunch of home runs, and Robert won that run by a 10th out. He did, and then, you know, guess what? You won that run, now what? You have to go run Ron Caps. And, you know, the, the loaded side of the ladder, when the ladder came out that morning, and John, and Cruz, and Caps, and Hagen, and JR, or, all on the same side of the ladder, right? It's like, fire the first pair. I can't wait to see this. And they put on the kind of show that we expect them to put on. I was stunned when I looked at the stats when we're getting ready to go into the Robert Hyde versus versus Ron Capps run. Ron Capps had beat him four in a row. Four in a row. Yeah. Now, we're talking Sunday elimination competition, okay? Obviously, Ron called him out and beat him in the, in the Pet Boys race. But... Four in a row in Sunday competition. And while most casual fans probably don't know that, I guarantee you Robert Hyde and Jimmy Proc did. You know, when they look at the ladder and they go, okay, we've had enough of this guy, right? It's time to turn this the other direction. And that time they were able to do it. I hope they race again this week. And I don't care if it's first round, final round. I just hope they race again this week because those cars right now are putting on such a good show that it's just fun when they get together. And in my mind, it's a little less fun when they don't get together yeah um, amazing stuff and uh we're gonna we're gonna be treated guess what we get to go again this weekend right super exciting uh robert's got the points lead now by a couple over caps and um aaron brooks what a weekend for bob tasca they didn't close yeah. the deal but uh 
Daniel Wilkerson and Chad Green, they're right in the middle of it. They're earning fans. I'm sure people are like falling in love with that team. They love, we already love Daniel on WFO, um, but great stuff. But all right, let's switch to uh, Pro Stock because we got our Pro Stock winner down there. And um, wow, from winning the U.S. Nationals to emergency appendectomy to struggling around at the track to rolling out on a flatbed and doing a test in a parking lot in a clandestine uh, way, what a weekend for this guy. Uh, let's uh, let's bring in uh, Hartford in the middle of me and Alan Reinhardt. And there we go, Matt Hartford. What's up, Matt? There you go. Can you hear me okay? I hear you great. Look at you. Where, where, are you are. where are you? I am sitting at lunch with Eddie Granacci at a bar that he built years ago uh, in Philadelphia. It, Eddie built the bar. Very nice. There I'm he is. Listening. Hey, it's I'm Eddie. Here just to listen in. He's there. He's no, there. I was just I was looking at a place with roll up doors in the background and I'm thinking I thought I'd been to that place in <laughs> Phoenix. So that's why I was wondering if there was someplace I was familiar with. Crazy no, weekend uh, for you guys. No, I'm in Philly. Uh, Amber flew home this morning, so I'm, I'm leaving for Charlotte in the morning. I got meetings all day tomorrow. So uh, I thought I'd stick around for one day here in Philly, have some lunch with Eddie and uh, talk on WFO. Excellent. Excellent. So let me play a quick video like this is, I think, the culminating video of the entire event. Yeah, it and it dies. You know, try to we go that we, we switch a bunch of parts. Look, Q2, Q1, the thing wasn't running on eight cylinders, or Q1, it wasn't on eight cylinders. Q2, it died as soon as they put it in second gear. Q3, I don't think it, we didn't get through the burnout, got pushed off. Q4, didn't get through the burnout, got pushed off. Uh, everybody got to see some of my wife's nice emotions about when we don't perform well. And uh, every run we went up there in qualifying thinking we had the problem solved and we were wrong every single time. So, you know, uh, I, I said to Rob and, you know, Rob's telling me, and I said, listen, we, we got to go somewhere. We got to switch a bunch more parts, but we got to try to do another burnout and we can't do it on NHRA grounds. So I went to NHRA and said, listen, we want to go work on our car. We want to switch a bunch of electrical stuff. Uh, the guy's got a really nice shop, really bright lights. We can work on it. Can we do it? And, and and they said yes. Now, moral of the story, I guess they, we didn't tell them we were going to try to do an, a burnout, but they didn't ask either. So, But at the end of the day, we went there. We still had the same problems, still had the car shutting off, which definitely would have been E1 had we not went and done that. Uh, had a small little fire in the back of the car, which made a lot of wiring in the car get basically put in a, put in a not in a good state. So, but it gave us it gave us the option then to say, okay, this wire's bad now, this wire's bad now, this wire's bad now, starter's bad now, fuel pump's bad now, everything's bad. Let's just change everything out, and we did, and we came in very early on Sunday morning, changed out everything that potentially could be a problem, and and uh, you know we, we we thought we were good on Sunday morning, but until you go up there in the same conditions and, and do the burnout, and launch the car under full load, which is where it was happening. We didn't know, so we were we thought we were good, but we weren't sure. Have you been able to put your finger on, you know, this was the problem right here, or do you just know that something in that pile was causing me a problem? Yeah, it's something in that pile. So we just consider that box a problem, and uh, um, like you know, all the different components are going back to manufacturers to be rebuilt. 
we don't know. It's no different than what happened with Dallas Glenn and Indy. You know, they, they went two or three runs with the same type of issues, and they have a box full of stuff that they say they'll never go back on the car until it's been, you know, back in service or just thrown away. And we threw away a lot of parts because we didn't know. Um, our, our, our truck and trailer and car smell like an electrical fire, I can tell you that. So hopefully it gets aired out by the time we get to Charlotte. Just leave the doors open while you drive down there. It'll blow it all out. And I'm, I'm telling you, what, what a weekend, though. It was, uh, I, I, I honestly, I, I, I'm a racer and I want to win, but Greg should have never been in a position having to run us first round. Not as good of a car as we've had here recently. And because of our issues, he ended up running us first round, which it was a detriment for him. You know, at, at the end of the day, we're here to win them. Yeah, got the job done, though. Like, and, and it wasn't easy. You mentioned the Greg Anderson run. Greg Anderson... Camry, but then the rain comes. And just to add another layer to it, you're dealing with your appendix that couldn't have been, you know, not painful, right? Like pulling the parachutes out, your insides keep going until they smash into the inside of your body and stop. You had to deal with that. And then you had to go an extra day. So talk about like one day to the next. Well, at the end of the day, you know, it all comes down to I told everybody the entire weekend, I feel fine. And everybody looked at me and I'm not sure that they believe me, but when I handed Eddie the trophy at the end of the track, he says, I'm gonna hug you gently. And he put his arms around me and I, and I said to him, I said, okay, I'll tell you now, I'm sore. Um, but there, there was no way, look, we, came, we were coming into the countdown off the US National we were second in points. I, if you thought I wasn't coming to Reading, were foolish we were coming we were going to do whatever it took and and i was going to endure whatever pain we needed to yeah how comfortable are i'm sorry go ahead joe no just eddie getting the uh trophy he's uh he's a big part of it and uh you guys got the job done of course a little local knowledge to the area never hurts yeah the the, uh the, the trophy ended up going home with rob though rob uh you know he, he deserved it it's a local track for him He's, uh, you know, he's been a huge supporter of our team for a long time. Uh, he's a he's a believer in what we do. He, he stands behind us when when we do great. He stands behind us when we don't do great. And he's a racer. So the trophy ended up uh, it's back in his man cave in uh, in Bristol, Pennsylvania. And uh, you know, and like you said, local knowledge. Eddie Eddie's grew up his entire life here, raced Redding, Redding his entire life, and he's been here on Monday, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays racing. So. He had some uh, knowledge of what to do with track conditions come come Monday when there wasn't any cars going down in front of us after a rainstorm. How comfortable are you with the car now going into Charlotte? And could you potentially maybe go to Mooresville and make a couple of hits, just check out some things before you end up rolling into Z-Max? No, we're not going to do that. Uh, we have a lot of stuff that we need to uh, change on the car. We need to... Um, you know, and I, I refer to our car as starting to look like John DeFlorian's car just from because he had electrical issues for about six months. And, you know, you start changing everything and temporarily running wires everywhere. We, we just need to put our car back to OEM state now of everything that we know is fixed and, and, and not have everything kind of just zip tied to the roll cage. So uh, we're going to go in Thursday. we got a lot of work to do. We'll get the car back uh, a little bit better fit and finish. And, uh, you know, our goal is to put the Jerry Haas Camaro right back uh, to the top and qualify him. Yeah, when Jim Essex is out there, he says that Hartford should win the Never Rest Award. That That is kind of a Never Rest Award thing. Of course, 
uh, you guys ran on Monday, and so the award had already been given out. But uh, tremendous, tremendous stuff. So you mentioned the emotional uh, outburst that uh, was captured on television, and I think, and I think that is the reason that we're getting these, uh, you know, comments from the Matt Hartford uh, Facebook page, right? Uh, enough, Hartford. Yeah, uh, she's on a plane right now. Okay, interesting, but. You know, for someone that doesn't want that focus, it kind of kind of came. It kind of came that focus. I believe it was replayed uh, quite a few times. Well, she's as invested in this program as anybody on our team. Um, she's worked as hard on the car as anybody. She'll do whatever it takes. You know, night or day, doesn't matter what needs to be done. She'll do it. And 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 she's not needed at that moment. You know, she has no problem just. You know, kicking back and reading a book for a little bit, but it's it's whatever it takes, and that's that's the, the attitude of everybody on our team is it doesn't matter. Just we got to get the job done. We're here to work. We're going to dig in. We're going to fix it. We're going to get it done. Now, because she's already mad at me about this being talked about, yeah. I, I said we need to kind of come up with a name for it. You know, there's always been names for some of these fits or tantrums that people have. So you know, that'd be a great WFO poll. What are, what are That's a hundred percent on you, pal. I am not going anywhere <laughs> near that. Chicken. Yeah, but everybody needs to know that I've given Matt the power in this one unique thing to put right. photographs on the screen. So Matt, if you so choose, you can go ahead and put that. I don't think you should do it though. But uh, uh, what's going yeah, on not, here, I'm Matt? What, what is what is going on in this photograph? Uh, is this the physical intimidation that caused Eddie to dig down deep and win the race, uh, help you guys out? Because it definitely looks like something that, you know, I don't know. Okay, so let Eddie explain because I don't know. Eddie, what, what is what is happening in this photograph? She's explaining to me how to get somebody by the throat. So <laughs> um, she says I didn't do it right to her. So, I mean, she's no short of any kind of confrontation or she could be first to it and then might have to stand your ground but she ain't giving in that's it Italians. <laughs> and there's heiner right in the middle of it right heiner just as happy as a clam like hey i'm here well the one thing that i know about amber from the time that i've known her since she and matt started dating she's obviously very passionate we see it at the end of the racetrack when you win. When she comes over, she jumps in your That She's obviously very passionate. And I don't know anybody that is passionate when they're happy and not passionate when they're upset, if you know what I'm saying. So Absolutely. it's exactly the same thing. It's just, you know, when things are going well, she's going to celebrate big and she's going to enjoy the moment. And when things are not going well, she's going to let it be known that she's not overjoyed about the way things are going right now. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, the, the, the nice thing is when you live your life being fully transparent about who you are, good and bad, there's never any, you're never second guessing that person. And unfortunately, there's so many people out there that you deal with in life that just don't have that. You know, they, they, they act one way in this light, but you get them behind closed doors, they're a totally different person. So that that's not who I am. I, my team knows that my emotions are on my sleeve. You're going to hear what's in my head every single time. It's coming out of my mouth, whether it should or shouldn't. And my wife's no different. And, and I love her. I love her to death for that. All right. So uh, the first one, and I like it. That's the name of the photograph that I uh, that I created uh, when I saved that. Uh, but Street Eliminator is right in line. I think it makes perfect sense. Amber, Amber alert. alert. Amber <laughs> alert. This is an Amber Alert. You know, it does. It definitely makes sense. But we'll see. We'll see as things go. And uh, yeah, 
But hey, congratulations. But here we go again. Back-to-back races, first time in your career. You won the U.S. Nationals. You said that this was a more challenging victory, and I can understand why. Yeah, the uh, it, it's, it's, it's funny to say this because I didn't think I would ever probably say this, but the U.S. Nationals now really is is like it's fallen to second place. I mean, winning Redding is definitely the highlight of, of our entire team's career. Not only the adversity we had to go through, medically challenges with the car everything going on the rain delays uh you, you know it also it was a it was a place to where we walk out of there now with a win we beat some of the best that there's ever been I mean, obviously erica and greg are probably the two best current racers and NHRA as far as stats the, the amount of championships you know we had them on we had to go against both of them kyle is driving phenomenal the last several races uh, you know, he's going to be hard through the countdown. But we walk away with back-to-back wins, the points lead. We're, we're, we're on. We're, we're, we're thrilled. And you become the first car to win from that qualifying position in 17 years. That's amazing. Um, I thought we were 13th. We were thinking we had qualified 13th that one year. But now that I think back, I think it was 11. Yeah. Yeah, the last person to qualify 13th and win was Dave Conley. Wow. Brainerd, 06. That's going way back there. Said 17 years. Well, I, you know, they, they say, you know, and I think Jake Coughlin's got the record that you can win any position, all 16 positions, one bronze. Yes. But I look at, uh, and I kept telling myself every round we rolled up there on, on Sunday and Monday, Antron barely qualified at Indy, qualified 15th, went on to win the race. So, it, you know, it, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Yep, so and what Antron did hadn't been done in 26 years. So, <laughs> Yeah, true. This gentleman likes the videos that you guys do behind the scenes of Pro Stock. Um, that's good. I got a lot of compliments on that, the scales video. People like yeah. the scales video. You know, it, it wasn't too in-depth, but, you know, it gave a little bit more just background of what happens. You know, we live this. I mean, Alan and Joe, myself, all of our crew, we eat, breathe, sleep. We, we know all the the details of everything that goes on but you know something those people in the stands that may be the first time they've ever been to a drag race they may have never been to a motor racing of, of any type whether it be nascar drag racing tractor pulling they don't understand what's going on because they simply have never been around it so sometimes these videos we think well maybe it's kind of basic it helps people it helps people understand why are all these cars going down the return road the wrong direction before elimination you know, anything that we can do to elevate the fan base is only going to help our sport and it's going to help everybody. It's going to help, you know, our sponsors. It's going to help, you know, the drivers gain popularity. It's just, it's a great thing for NHRA to keep promoting what we do behind this. Absolutely. I'm with you. I'm, I'm a big believer that the more you understand what you're watching, the more you're going to enjoy watching it. Because when something happens, if you have at least a good feeling about, okay, I know what that was, or I know what caused that, or I know it's then I think that makes it more enjoyable. I I couldn't watch a football game if I didn't understand why the guy was throwing the ball or why the guy was kicking the ball or why. I mean, I think the more you understand, and even a basic understanding, makes a fan feel more included, more like an insider. No, I'm 100% for that. So, I mean, we're going to keep doing them, and, and, and obviously we're, we're open to what, what do people want to see. You know, there's all kinds of stuff that we can do. We're just and, not really and sure intake, what people want to see, and we're open for suggestions. An intake port and a manifold. Yeah, we want to see the runner. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, we'll talk to Greg. I know. I know the answer. All yeah, right, Matt, yeah. we'll, let you, we'll let you guys go eat your cheesesteak or whatever you're going to do. Uh, say hi to Eddie, obviously, and we'll see you in a couple days. There he is, Eddie. Thanks, who's Joe. Dri- Thanks for having us. Who's driving, Eddie? Who's the driver? Do you drive yeah. Matt or does Eddie drive when you guys are Oh, uh, no. We, we, we met like halfway. It's about 30 minutes for each of us to get here. So we met halfway between. But, uh, well, we look we look forward to getting to Charlotte. We look forward to, you know, keeping this rolling. Uh, these these races, you know, Indy, we just a week off. And then Reading, Charlotte, St. Louis, it's grueling. It's, it's hard on everybody. And, you know, KI, you know, he flew clear back to Vancouver last yes. night. So he's in the office today working, flying right back to Charlotte. Adam's back to work today, and Eddie and I are screwing off. So, um, actually, I got I got a lot of work done this morning for my laptop, at least. But it's uh, it's grueling on all these teams to make three races back to back to back, especially if you're located on the West Coast. Yeah, I says as long as I'm not driving, everything is okay. Uh, <laughs> Scott says Pat's for cheesesteaks. What's Eddie say? Best cheesesteak in Philly, Eddie. Uh, I like Gino's better than Pat's, but I, you know I'll probably get crucified for that along the way. Yeah. Yeah, people, I, listen, I like them both. I've had them both in the same, like, 30-minute period. They're, they're fine. Uh, you know, people say Tony Luke's. I don't know. But uh, you got Eddie's pick. Tony Luke's is good. Know. I mean, that's changed. I mean, you got a pork sandwich over there. Some people like breath and drop. You know, it's just, just what you like. There you go. All right, guys. Eat your, eat your meal. Enjoy your day. Congratulations on the win. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you soon. There you go. Travel safe. See you in a couple days. We're not yet out there, like, chilling out in Philly. They're hanging in Philly, right? Yeah, don't don't start telling them to compare cheesesteak houses. That'll get somebody beat up. Yeah, no, it really does. You know, the first year I went to um, Maple Grove, ever back when uh, you know Eddie won the U.S. Nationals with Greg Stanfield, and uh, and Captain Chaos was like, you should bring WFO out to the Nitro Fish trailer out there. That was like 2010. I went out there, and went and got in the line for Geno's, and finished it, and had the cheesesteak, and then immediately afterwards. Got in the line for Pats. I may not ever be here again, so I'm going to get to the bottom of this debate. And I went. And what was your, what was your take? Um, I I was turned off by the marketing acumen of Gino, like Gino's face on everything. I I felt like Pats was better than Gino's, but they were both very good at the time. Since then, though, I have expanded beyond the two of them, and uh, you know that's kind of the tourist cheesesteak. There are some better cheesesteaks out there. And the, the pork sandwich that Eddie was talking about is really good as well. But um, folks in Philly, there's a reason they're around, because they love their well, cheesesteaks. The next time you're in Tucson, if you're looking for chili dogs, Pat's Chili Dogs is the chili dog. And you don't have to take my word for it. Guido comes down when he's in Phoenix just to have a couple of chili dogs before he goes back up there. But yeah, next time you're here, I'll, let, I'll take you to Pat's for lunch. I love all food. That's why it's such a challenge to maintain my uh, my figure. But, hey, I do what I got to do. All right, is there anything we didn't cu- get into? We, we talked to both winners. We talked to Hartford. They're both named Matt. Um, they're going back at it again. We did a little funny car. We did a little top fuel. What about the rest of the uh, Lucas Oil Series winners? Because that was pretty uh, amazing, too. Good to see. I was really aggravated that I didn't get to be there for Dan Fletcher's win. But you had Tony Stewart and Sean Bellamere pick up yep. the win. Tony Stewart, huge, huge milestone. Uh, like that's in the championship. He's fighting and clawing for a championship and that win is going to help a lot. It is. And, you know, both cars didn't run where they expected him to. They both went out there and rattled pretty severely. And uh, Tony 
his car recovered and he was able to get the win. And it's interesting because talking to him afterwards, and you know, just two guys talking, he said he hates, hates, hates beating Madison because he thinks so much of her. She's such a bright girl. She's got such a great future. She's such a wonderful personality. He said, I hate beating her. But I had to. <laughs> so he now has the point lead as we roll down into Charlotte. Uh, you know, Fletcher, you mentioned 107 for him, the second winningest driver in NHRA behind only that John Forrest guy. Uh, Joe Santangelo with another one. You know, he's part of the championship conversation year in and year out. A uh, couple of first timers. You know, the top sportsman winner was a first timer. The comp winner hadn't won in uh, 12 or 13 years. So, yeah, there was uh, there was a lot of stories out there, and it just I hate that we don't get to tell them. You know, in front of the bigger audience, but uh, but overall, other than the fact that we finished on Monday, it was uh, it was a pretty pretty incredible race. Yeah, factory stock, Aaron Stanfield, Vince Mussolino. Yeah. We talked to him on uh, Saturday night. Top dragster, George Foster, and top sportsman Keith Mayers in the Alpha. Are you rocking a Keith Mayers shirt? Like, was that what you got on right there? No, this is a Division One champions. So, uh, yeah, yeah, this is Division One. Division One, and there's a Porsche. Oh yeah, he's on there, but I mean, it's not a Keith Mayer shirt. It's a Division One championship. Oh, so. But he but, got the yeah. job done in the Alpha. If only there was like an attention in the pits, ready to drop, featuring the Alpha. That would be super cool. Chase Fonstock in a Super Comp. Joe Santangelo, Dan Fletcher, Steve Zupka. Very emotional win for uh, for Steve. Obviously losing uh, Frank Aragona, who they had raced together so many years. Um, Steve in that comp car. He said that I'm allowed to call him the world's fastest Polak. I don't know if it's <laughs> true, but he says I should call him that. And so Zupka, world's fastest Polak. You heard it first on WFO Radio. Uh, just top to bottom, great race. But now we close the door, close the book on Maple Grove for 23, and we look ahead to Z-Max. And I'm really excited, and I'm hoping we get a big crowd out there because the, the, the playoffs are on. Yeah, and, uh, you know, coming in, we come in, obviously, with a lot of momentum after what happened in India and after what happened uh, last weekend in Reading. So I hope the Charlotte fans are going to turn out and come out and support us. Um, you know, we always get a lot of them out there for the four-wide event, partially for the spectacle. I hope we've got enough of them hooked that they'll want to come back and see what it's like when we run in standard configuration. You know, I'm sure that Greg Walter and his team are putting together a whole lot of interesting packages and things for the fans to do and ways to get them to come out there. So, you know, give us good weather and we'll take it from there. And... If, if the weather is, you know, in the in the 70s and the low 80s, then we're, we could see Reading performances at ZMAX. The racetrack, the facility, the surface itself will, will do all of those things if Mother Nature just gives us a break. Exactly. Please, Ma Nature. It was Alan who shook his fist at you, not me. Give us a break. Give us a break. I, I, right. I, do, I do have one more thing that I think we should address, and I know normally we do this at the first part of the show, but um, I got word yesterday that Walt Austin had passed away. Uh, Pat Austin's father, Drew's grandfather, who was such a driving force back in the 80s and in the 90s, especially in the alcohol wars, uh, you know, manufacturing parts, making horsepower, and of course, you know, all, all of the races and championships that his son won. Um, we, he hasn't been quite as active, certainly not in the camping world side of things lately, but he was a you know, tremendously successful businessman a very passionate drag racer who was willing to put his money where his mouth is to go out there and make it happen. And they're a big part of the reason that the alcohol classes were as competitive back then. I mean, it was Walt Austin and Brad Anderson that really elevated the category and it's continued to carry on today. So I just wanted to send good wishes out to Pat and to, you know, Drew and then Mike and, and all of the Austins because it's just a difficult time to go through no matter how prepared you think you are. 
Absolutely. No, 100 uh, percent. You know, I, I was just a kid fan at that time when they, they were all kind of coming on board and um, watching all these different players in the alcohol ranks. And then obviously Pat doing what he did. Uh, amazing. I saw that on the Facebook yesterday. So may he rest in peace. Alan, great job as usual. We'll see you in a couple of hours, literally. And uh, we'll be at ZMAX and we'll do it all again. Thanks, Joe. Really looking forward to it. Uh, travel safe and we'll see you in a couple of days. There he goes, the voice of the NHRA, Alan Reinhardt, joins us each week right here on WFO Radio. All right, what we're going to do is we're going to get your comments and your thoughts about what we just witnessed out there at Maple Grove and what we are about to witness out there at the Betway Carolina Nationals. Talk a little bit about your brackets, how it all went down right after this. The number one source of friction in your engine is not what you think. Piston rings rubbing against the cylinder walls generate more friction than any other part of the engine. More friction and temperature means more wear and less horsepower. Fortunately, the team at Total Seal knows how to reduce friction and wear through innovative piston ring design. If it takes a piston, Total Seal can build a better ring. Hanging out, and Amber is on a plane watching making it all happen. Uh, an amazing performance. And Matt Smith, what a great guy. What a great guests, right? Matt Smith just lays it all out there. This is what we did. This is what we're going to do. And this is how it's going to be. And if there were 16 bikes, we would have tried to get 16th so we could run gauge first round. And that's how it's going to be. And you're not interested in Camping World Pro Stock Motorcycle. That's something that you're going to leave the grandstand. You're not interested in that. That's not enough for you. Like, I don't get it. I don't get it. Talk about, you know, rattling the cage and doing something that is intriguing and interesting. Also, so somebody in the chat section and definitely put your comments up there in the chat, but that uh, Brian Loans had mentioned that uh, the ratings for the race were maybe better than Formula One on ESPN, which was a Ferrari victory, by the way. Max Verstappen, who has chased away many of the viewers. Uh, for Formula One. I, I'm certainly a fan. We talk about it on the Ignition Show, but I am, uh, you know, kind of been beaten down into submission with this Max Verstappen Red Bull just streak of 10 consecutive wins. But when the red cards are running well, you know there's going to be some big ratings. And if NHRA, with its adjacent to the NFL game, rain or not, um, was able to outrate the F1, that is a big, big deal. And the fact that we had Fletcher Cox out there and you've got a massive lead in to our sport. Everybody that's in our sport and loves our sport asks the question all the time, like, well, why aren't more people in, interested in this? And the answer is they don't know it exists, guys. They don't know it exists. And you can't blame them because they've got their own little universe that they're in that they don't understand about race tracks and race tires. They don't know, know from it, but they're open to it. And uh, I guess the easiest people to convert would be people who already know about racing. So NASCAR fans, Formula One fans, and IndyCar fans, that we've got something great going on here. In addition to all the drag racing fans that, you know, kicked the can down the road uh, when we left uh, 1320, right? We went to 1,000 foot. They were like, I'm never watching again. It's like the racing has never been better now, guys. Races decided by one ten thousandth of a second. Everybody is at their best. Just bringing it. Rules haven't changed very much for many, many years. And the technology has been disseminated throughout the fields. And now everybody can run well. And it's based on their decisions on race day and their driver performance, not some secret clandestine technology that they got from Mars that only they have and nobody else has. 
been uh, pretty amazing to watch how that all works. So put your comments in the comment section. Let's see what you guys have to say. Maybe some thoughts or things that we didn't quite get to uh, with our guests, but it was pretty amazing. And remember, tomorrow at 12 noon, we are going to have Robert Height and Doug Coletta. We're going to have Doug first. We're going to have Robert second. We're going to do about an hour on the show. And that's why we need you to subscribe, click the bell right down there, uh, follow the show, make sure that you never miss an episode. All right, free ticket time. Here we go. I'm going to put this QR code up on the screen. Scan this code. And the folks at the Texas Motorplex are going to send you tickets to the Stampede of Speed that includes Friday night tickets to the Fall Nationals. They're looking to blow this thing out. Our WFO Patreon meetup is going to be at the Stampede of Speed. And we've got people coming in from all around the country, all around North America, to be a part of the Stampede of Speed. I just got my invite to the media race. Does that mean I'll be media racing? Or is that something that I'll be expected to host? Or like, I don't know. Right. Like, I think I should get in on the race. I think the best thing I can do for everybody involved at the Stampede of Speed is bring as much spotlight to their media race by going out there and participating is really what I think. I'm going to put the QR code up there one more time. So scan the QR code or just, you know, you can get to the link in uh, our social media as well. But wherever you are around the world, even in Australia, scan the link. Uh, scan the code and get your free tickets. Plus, tickets are going to be going on sale for the Champions Dinner. They're already doing tables, but the Champions Dinner was a huge part of the Stampede of Speed. Everybody had a blast. There was food. There was whiskey. There was cigars. There was music. Uh, it is going to be very fun. Not just last year's winners, but every past winner of the Fall Nationals is invited. And we did a show just a, a week ago with Scott Palmer was on the show and uh, Christy Meyer Johnson. If you want to know anything about the Stampede of Speed, just go back on YouTube and watch that one because uh, they lay it all out day by day, minute by minute, hour by hour. Also happy to report that you may recall Krista Baldwin was on the show a few weeks ago, putting out the, a call uh, for a car to race at the Stampede of Speed in the fall nationals. She's got one. She's going to run Scott Palmer's machine. Scott, obviously not, exactly yet ready to get behind back behind the wheel after his incident. We talked to him about that last week and Krista needs a ride. And so he's going to provide the ride for Krista Baldwin. So that is super exciting for uh, the WFO universe. Krista comes on, puts out the word and the answer, the, the, the question is answered. Are those two connected or related? There's no way to know. So I'm just going to go with it. Just go with it. Right. In the interest of pure honesty, we have no known connection. All right, let's see what everybody's got to say out there. Let's see what everybody's got to say about WFO. Uh, AJ was out at the racetrack. AJ says, great show. Really cool, the stuff that happened at the racetrack when uh, you're part of the WFO universe. Uh, something that I got to hear a little bit about. AJ, who is a you know drag race fan kid, listens to WFO. His mom's a Patreon. And Michael Heiner. Gave him a shot to sit in the Get Biofuel Camaro. And uh, like, that's it. Setting the hook. Setting the hook for life. Now he's, AJ is always going to work hard and try to get back behind the seat of uh, Pro Stock Camaro. Pretty amazing stuff. 
AJ, good to see you. I mean, I didn't get to hang out with uh, anybody. You know, the rain kind of killed us. Our winter circle celebration that we normally, uh, everybody hangs out at the winter circle. Let's see. I think there's a storm brewing off the coast, but I don't think it'll affect ZMAX. Mark, why are you saying such a thing? Like, seriously, dude. What kind of crap is that? Bringing up storms and stuff and putting it out there into the ether. Don't you know the only way is to totally ignore it? It's like Beetlejuice. You know, he doesn't come unless you say his name three times. Same with the weather, right, Jim? Look at that. Hey, AJ, you look great sitting in the car. Let's see what Art says. I'm so thankful for wife, uh, WFO Radio. All misspelled, though, Art. Come on. On YouTube every Tuesday, I look forward to it, and Joe always puts a smile on everyone's face. Thank you. Not everyone, Art. Some people hate me like poison. Always remember that. No matter what you are, who you are, there's somebody that hates you like vile poison. They're out there. Jim agrees, though. Let's see. Uh, I'm not happy when life gets in the way and I have to uh, watch after the fact. Yeah, live is better, but really most of our listeners listen to the podcast, guys. It's an audio-only experience. Not everybody can be watching a screen for an hour, this long-form show. You know, YouTube and all that stuff. Facebook is all designed for these little clip videos that people are going to watch 50,000 times just over and over again. This is a show. It's a long-form show. You know, little clips and stuff. We want you to watch the whole show to experience it. That's why I bury, uh, you know, little nuggets throughout, like Easter eggs that you have to find because our audience sticks with us for the entire show. Because every once in a while, out of nowhere, you're going to learn about something really cool, like Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School. And the Dragster Adventure, guys, the holidays are coming. You know this. You know it. It's coming. What are you going to get that drag racing fan in your life? Get them a day experience at Frank Hawley's driving dragsters. It doesn't get better than that. And by the way, for what you're getting, it's pretty cheap too. FrankHawley.com. Call them. Tell them. You heard it on WFO. They can send your, uh, you know, the recipient a pass and they'll work out the when and the where based on them. Go to FrankHawley.com to find out more information. And then there's Marvin Rodak. RodaxCoffeeAndGrills.com. My plan, I'm going to bring two extra suitcases. I'm going to load them up with coffee and bring them back. Now, I don't know how that's going to work going through security the next time when they find the suitcase full of coffee, but we'll worry about it. They'll probably go looking for some other stuff based on what I've learned in the movies. 817-924-6821. Call Marvin. He'll roast some coffee right for you, fresh per your order. Whether you want something really powerful, you want something mild from all around the world, the WFO Radio Blend is great. Coffee roasted fresh per your order, plus hot sauce and spice rub, everything that is so good. Call Marvin. Call him today. And he'll be down there at the Stampede of Speed. And then there's samtech.edu. Speaking of Houston, Texas, that's where the next generation of engine builders and machinists, they're all coming up through Sam Tech. And if you're thinking about jumping into that career, or if you've been interested, call Brian Massengill. Tell him you heard about it on WFO. Hey, Brian, what Joe says is true. If I graduate and I'm good at what I do and I represent you guys well, can you get me a job at SpaceX? And the answer is they've got connections in all of those places, plus race teams like Stanfield, race teams throughout, Wilson Manifold. Many have Samtech grads throughout, samtech.edu. Then there's our Patreons. This is a VIP membership group. These are the people that support the show behind the scenes. Of course, we've got our great sponsors who we love, but individuals are sending $5, $10 a month whatever they want, whatever they can afford to support WFO radio, to pay those annoying, aggravating internet bills, right? We're doing them. Thanks to the Patreons. And what do they get? Well, they get uh, Monday motivation. Sometimes they get hear it from Heiner, the pro stock show. They get uh, to watch the recording session for ignition and all of these wonderful meetups 
and being a part of the secret society that is WFO Radio. Patreon.com slash WFO Radio. And finally, while we're just shamelessly shilling for things, just a shameless shill job, buy our stuff, the you know, winter is coming. Get yourself a WFO hoodie or a Miami Hollywood Speedway classic hat or a mug or whatever, uh, because the stuff is all on sale, baby. It was on sale as of yesterday. And you got to get your WFO swag, including the very rare fire T-shirt. Fire. That's right. Jason Logan tried to get me this week and get me to say fire, but there was no jet car. And that's it. That's We have a firm policy. No jet car, no fire. Although Nitro Mike did singe my arm. So that was pretty legit fire coming out of the back of Nitro Mike's PT Cruiser. People are asking about Project Pontiac. Project Pontiac continues on. We are working on it. They're getting ready to hone the block. They're doing a lot of work on Project Pontiac. And uh, I've got to get my trailer up to uh, the trailer repairman at Wright Trailers. See what else anyone else has to say before we bounce on out of here. And remember, Tomorrow, Wednesday, 12 noon, Doug Coletta, Robert Height. That's the plan for the show. I'm going to need every one of you guys to share the show, share this right now so we can get the word out. Because whenever we come on on a day that we're not normally on, it just changes the dynamic and the algorithm. Art, a heartfelt apology on the typo. It's not a spelling error. It's a typo. It's different. You know, fat fingering it. No big deal, Art. I'm used to it. Let's see. Russ Kramer. Uh, Hi, Joe. My engine lost the thrust bearing, but I put in the backup bullet and I'll be in St. Louis for 10 days. Way to go, Russ. Russ, we did an attention in the pits on Russ's car and his Mopar. Way to go, Russ. Thank you very much. What did you guys think of the 100th episode of Attention in the Pits? If you did not see it, it is still the most current Attention in the Pits episode. Sam. Sam is 83 years old. And I asked you all last week to please go out there and share that one and put it out there, whether, however, because NHRA puts it out on Twitter, they put it out on X, they put it out on Facebook, they put it out on YouTube, they put it, put it out on all of these different things, right? But Sam is a, a very colorful character, to say the least. And hopefully uh, you guys shared that because we want that to go big. Uh, AJ, thanks, Joe. Sorry I missed you. Yeah, it was a bummer. Hopefully you're feeling better. Uh, hey, Joe, no way. Oh, they're out there, man. Everybody's got them. Love Maple Grove. Love you too, Joe. Thank you, Mr. Ant Dog. I hung out with Ant Dog. He gave me a bunch of great stuff. And thank you, Ant. I appreciate it. It is currently making its way from Reading to Charlotte in the Total Seal tractor trailer. Scott Purley, NHRA TV and Fox Sports have achieved a level of excellence that has brought in more viewers, a very creative, great team. Thank you very much. Uh, and I just got the word that I will be working with the NHRA on Fox crew uh, this weekend in Charlotte and the following weekend in St. Louis. Now, that's you know, there's always no guarantees. Things can uh, change, but I will be with those guys and uh, looking forward to it. Parks. What's up, Parks? Thanks for the shout out after top alcohol, funny car, E1 run. Uh, and I did not lose my job. Good job. Good job. Jim Parks. Like, I don't know if it's fair to say that he went from fan to crew guy. Um, just a diehard drag racing fan, but a good guy. He's out there at all these different races and, and DJ Cox and the team, they like drafted him in there. Now he's on the funny car and they're running great. So of course he becomes a character. That's just the way it works. People are like, you know, how come you guys don't talk and make jokes about us? It's like, well, we don't know you. You know, make yourself known to us and uh, you'll immediately become a target. It's the way it works. Danny Fox, like we only know what we know. If we don't know, then how can we know? So it's your job to make sure that we know. 
I forgot who it was that got me so aggravated. Some racer, I know a whole bunch of information about them, but they put nothing in their tech card. And I'm like, I'm lucky for this guy. I know all of his information because he doesn't clearly want anybody else to do it. That's my big announcer pet peeve. Hey, racers, update your tech card. You have access now through the internet. You can do it from home in your PJs while sipping a, you know, a whiskey. Do it. Stop relying on us to know everything about you. Give us the updated information. And then the stuff that we know about you will be a bonus. But if you don't do it, like, man, I don't know. If you're not going to put anything in the computer, you're not going to help us at all. That's not cool. Kevin says, Maple Grove is always one of my favorite weekends of the year. Already can't wait until next year. Yeah. Simple as that. Maple Grove has solidified its role as the first race of the countdown. I can't think of going anywhere else. Going up there with those Northeastern fans, we lost E-Town, we lost ATCO, we've lost all these tracks. If you're a Northeasterner and you want to go see Nitro in the playoffs, you're going to the Grove and everybody goes and they love it. And they're there at 7.30 a.m. What? I'm pulling into the track Saturday morning, 7.50 a.m. We start running at 8.45 a.m. I'm an hour early for the most part. Traffic. Are you kidding me? You're at the Grove, baby. Yeah. Do you think that semifinal race uh, might have caused the rain to fall? It was that kind of weather where at any moment, at any moment, like the rain that hits you in two minutes started falling a minute ago. You just don't know. And they did as good a job as is possible. The safety safari like they you, you don't know, like you look up, it just is gray. Is the rain going to come down or is it not going to come down? And it eventually decided to come down and they had to pull the plug. Sam is a character. Awesome car as well. Definitely. How about the young man who won the million off an open trailer and no box? Yeah, Mike, we talked about it on the ignition show last night. Cause you know, Sue Morris made her first final round in super street out at Galat. Dave Morris made the final round in Super Gas. And so they had a big weekend to talk about. But everybody is all abuzz about the original million. And anybody that wins on an open trailer, that's awesome. But with no delay box at a million-dollar race, that is insane. That's crazy. Like, how did that happen? And the answer is, you know, anybody that's good at what they do that takes it very serious and that has good equipment can get on a run. And that's what happened. He was like four total in the semis or something. Got a red light in the final. I'm blown away by it, though. Off the bottom. Get out of here with that. Really? Yeah. Guy brings home a couple of hundred thousand dollars in a Vega. And that's why the big money bracket stuff. But really, though, you had the fling and you have all the there's so many uh, races out there. Everybody's got great equipment. Pretty interesting. 100%. If you don't get the information out there about yourself, you can't complain if you don't get mentions or marketing opportunities. Absolutely. How come they don't come talk to me? Listen, I go talk to a bunch of new people every race, every one. But it's the, the scale of time. Like, I can only do so much. Can only do so much. You got a method and a mechanism to let everybody on the staff know everything that you want them to know. All you got to do is do some typing. Nope, we refuse. Derek Green got champion's dinner tickets, baby. You got him. Derek is in for the champion's dinner. OG Million was a great event. 
awesome, Joe. Amazing. No, it really is. And as someone who has let go of a button a few times, I had back-to-back -back trip zeros in the 1995 five-day bracket race at Moroso. Back-to-back. -back. And I was like, wow, that's great. And then a 10 after that. You know, I had some good lights back-to-back. -back. The do it off the bottom in the modern era when everybody is good. It's amazing. It really is. He gives us, look at Lauren. He gives all us little guys hope. Yes. And the people who run the races are like, <laughs> that's right. Come in, come in. You got hope, right? It's like when you, you see these guys out there at the World Series of Poker, and next thing you know, you're out there trying to play poker. Why not? Shout out to the folks at Racing Junk as well. Go to WFO Radio and click Classifieds. You can get to Racing Junk. I am constantly going on Racing Junk and looking for Project Pontiac-related stuff, right? Because as much as there are some great companies like Total Seal and Foggit and folks helping us out, there's a lot of stuff that's going to turn the old bracket car into an NHRA competitive super street car. And while a lot of people are going bracket racing, and I certainly will, my desire is to try to run for an NHRA divisional Wally at some point somewhere down the road. And I think there is a lot of people that have got a car that is super street capable sitting in their yard, in their garage, that they could do it. And so we're going to do it, and hopefully they'll do it too. And that is called Project Pontiac. And obviously stay tuned to our social media feeds. There's a new episode of Hear It From Heiner Up from last week. Obviously the first race didn't go how they would have liked. Man, that car took off. Shook the tires like late, but it shook them. Unfortunate. They get to go again here this week. And, of course, congratulations to the Mats, Matt Smith, Matt Hartford. And like Amber said, rest. Emergency appendectomy was not the big story of the weekend for those guys. Tomorrow, Doug Coletta, Robert Height. Super excited to speak with Doug. You know, everybody has their own favorite drivers, but I think everybody is secretly rooting for Doug, like the second pick. Like you've got your favorites, whoever they are, but if it doesn't pan out, I really believe that people are rooting for Doug Coletta to win a championship and score a victory, not just for Doug, for Connie and all those people over there. All right, guys, we'll see you tomorrow. WFO, share the show, share the show.